Hey there, welcome to this bonus episode of Rethinking Wellness. I'm Christy, and this is an audio version of my bi-weekly Q&A newsletter, which is also out today on Substack. The first part of my answer is available to everyone, and you can get the whole thing by becoming a paid subscriber at rethinkingwellness.substack.com. Paid subscribers also get great perks like bonus episodes with our guests, full access to our archives, commenting privileges and subscriber-only threads where you can connect with other listeners, bonus Q&As like this one, and lots more. Just go to rethinkingwellness.substack.com to sign up. That's rethinkingwellness.substack.com. And if you're already a paid subscriber, thank you so much for your support. I couldn't do this without you. First, before I get into today's Q&A, I want to share some exciting news, which is that I have a new book, a new book project that I've been working on for a long time now with two collaborators, and it just came out yesterday. It's called The Emotional Eating, Chronic Dieting, Binge Eating, and Body Image Workbook, and I co-wrote it with therapists Judith Matz and Amy Pershing, who are both longtime leaders in the field of diet culture recovery, binge eating disorder, and trauma-informed care. And I'm so honored to work with them. We joined forces to create a workbook for clinicians and general readers alike, and we hope it'll help you break free from the diet binge or restrict rebound cycle, recognize diets disguised as wellness plans, better understand the role that food plays in your life and managing emotions, unlearn harmful messages about what and when you're quote unquote supposed to eat, dispel myths about weight, health, and fitness, and lots more. If any of that sounds interesting to you, you can check out the book at christyharrison.com workbook. That's christyharrison.com workbook. Before I jump into answering the question, just a reminder that my answers are for informational and educational purposes only, aren't a substitute for medical or mental health advice, and don't constitute a provider-patient relationship. So with that, let's get to the question. It's from Lana, who writes, Hi, Christy. I've been practicing intuitive eating for about a year now, and my relationship with food has healed so much, partially thanks to your podcast. However, even after destigmatizing all my favorite foods, I still have issues ceasing to eat when I'm full if I really love the taste of what I'm eating. This goes for previously quote-unquote forbidden foods, of course, but also for foods that I always viewed as quote-unquote wholesome. For example, last night I roasted up two heads worth of cauliflower florets with salt and olive oil. Even when I was physically uncomfortable, I didn't stop eating until it was gone. I wasn't binge eating in the sense that I used to binge eat. There was no guilt or frantic speed or emotional distress from which I really needed distraction. It just tasted really, really good. Afterwards, I felt emotionally fine, but physically sick. I've learned to respect my hunger, and it's been revelatory. My question is, how do I learn to respect my fullness? So thanks for that great question. And, you know, I think it's awesome that your relationship with food has improved so much. And I'm glad my work was able to play a role in that. I can also definitely understand why it feels like you still have further to go in your eating. You probably already know this, but it bears repeating that there's no rule in intuitive eating that says you can never eat to the point of discomfort or that you must stop eating as soon as you feel physically full. Intuitive eating isn't the hunger and fullness diet, right? It's about letting go of dieting altogether and learning how to take care of yourself by eating enough food and a wide enough variety of foods to feel truly satisfied. And of course, economic access always plays a role in how possible that is. The process of intuitive eating involves a lot of exploration, and that inevitably includes eating to the point of discomfort sometimes. All that being said, when people are often eating past the point of comfortable fullness, there's usually a reason. 
In my experience, probably the top two reasons are, number one, physical deprivation, and number two, feelings of scarcity or psychological deprivation. Neither of these reasons are wrong or quote-unquote bad, right? In fact, they're totally understandable, especially for people with a history of dieting or other forms of disordered eating. And given your history, Lana, and some clues in how you framed your question, I think both of these reasons are likely playing a major role for you. You've been listening to a free preview of this episode. To hear the rest and get tons more bonus content, become a paid subscriber to Rethinking Wellness by going to rethinkingwellness.substack.com. That's rethinkingwellness.substack.com.